Welcome back to another episode of Vicarious Resilience, where you can learn specific skills to help you face difficult struggles or just daily life. I'm your host, Danette Honish, and I'm a registered clinical counselor. Vicarious Resilience is about learning the skills that have worked for others and trying to use them for ourselves. It's also about sharing what works for us so we can help others. Each individual doesn't need to figure these skills out for themselves. Let's add to each other's toolbox. On today's episode of Vicarious Resilience, I had the opportunity to interview Christine. Christine has lived with debilitating chronic pain for years. One of the things that really struck me when I was speaking with Christine today is she talked about chronic pain being an invisible disease. No one knew how much pain she was in and how difficult it was for her just to make it to work every day. She talked to me a lot about the strategies that she used in order to stay positive and face the world every single day. Let's see if you can count how many she uses and see if there's any you can add to your toolbox. Okay, so I just want to start by thanking you for meeting with me and and allowing me to uh, interview you and and just being open and honest and and uh, vulnerable talking about your experiences. So thank you, Christine, for uh, joining me today. You're very welcome. Um, so we've just spent the last few minutes talking and, and uh, you know, me getting an idea of the things that you've been through in your life, some of the things that you've been through in your life. And uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, when you were growing up, what uh, what types of things did you get from your mom? What types of things did you learn from your mom? I would say uh, that I learned that you need to fight in this life. You need to be strong and you need to, to fight. My mom suffered from severe mental health issues and depression and um, was suicidal. Um, from as long as I can remember growing up. And uh, my mom saw herself as being a weak person, but I did not see it that way. I saw her as a fighter. It, it takes a very brave person to, to fight those feelings and still uh, power through. And she raised four children and she's now 86 and she's still here and she's still battling those those feelings, but I, she's a strong, strong woman. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's... Uh... Um, that's really powerful to grow up with that uh, uh, and also take a positive message out of that story as well. Mm-hmm. And what about from your dad? Uh, my dad, on the other hand, was the total opposite. He was, um, oh, had a great sense of humor and um, just a really positive out- outlook on life. So, like, he was my mom's rock, you know, uh, through all her issues but he always remained positive and so um i really appreciated having that right yeah because the other side of it was pretty tough at times but he always seemed to make it feel a little lighter for the for the family right yeah it's interesting when you uh see that yin yang in couples where they balance each other out yes for sure yeah (laughs) yeah that happens a lot Mm -hmm. um and so tell me a little bit about like how old you were when you had uh, first had your health issues and then sort of what happened from there? 
Sure. Um, things started uh, for me to, I started to have some health issues uh, at the around uh, 47 years old. And uh, I was diagnosed with uh, high blood pressure, which uh, was very surprising to me because I, I thought I was pretty healthy. I was working out. I was, I ate very well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that was the first thing. And then a year later, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And again, I was very shocked. Like, why? Why is this happening to me? I, I, I take good care of myself. But um, during that year, I then started to uh, wake up in the mornings in severe pain in my shoulders and in my elbows. I couldn't even open up my arms. It was like they were locked. And, it, and just to open them up was excruciating. Um, I thought it was due to my exercising and working with weights. So I kind of backed off on that. Um, that didn't seem to help. I was, uh, sought help from a medical profession. I did massage. I did acupuncture. I did physiotherapy. And uh, at one point, my physiotherapist said to me, if I can't help you at this point, there might be something more going on with you. Um, I'm thinking maybe some arthritis. Again, shocking. Like I'm 40, 48 years old and I... You know, arthritis you know right so uh, I was referred to a rheumatologist and sure enough I was diagnosed with uh, psoriatic arthritis which is the same disease as um, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease so um, that also explained the other issues the the blood pressure the diabetes the, the body was fighting against itself so um, at that point, uh, we started medications, and of course, that um, had its problems too. I, that caused me extreme fatigue and uh, some depression along with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and then of course, uh, now the body is like totally starting to break down. I had had it in every part of my body. I, it was becoming almost disabling. Right. Right. And uh, I was. And you were still working at this point. That's correct. I was. I was still working full time, and uh, that was probably one of the most challenging things for me to do because uh, getting up in the morning was a real ordeal. Like I, I needed help getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. um, having a shower was very painful. Getting dressed, I needed help with that, and yet I kept kept on powering through. I probably did that for about ten years. Um, wow. Of of you know. Maybe a little in denial, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, but after 10 years uh, of dealing with this, it wasn't getting any better. Um, and I, I was convinced by my work team actually that maybe I should look into long-term disability. Mm -hmm. And so I had their support, which was really good. But I, I did not, I kind of fought it for a while because um, I looked on that as being a failure. I felt like I was giving up, and uh, but I, I did. I, I went off on long term. I'm still on long term, and uh, I look. I now look at that as as um, a self preservation. I was I was actually taking some positive steps towards taking care of me. Okay. Now. So. Um, How long did it take you to get from? Um, thinking about going on long-term disability and sort of struggling with feeling like that was a failure 
to get into the point where you thought, no, this is taking care of me, this is a positive step? Um, I'm going to say it probably took me a couple of years okay. once I went on the long term. The first year was rough because I lost a sense of uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked for the district for 25 years, and uh, I, 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 that was really hard for me to swallow to all of a sudden not have that purpose in life anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and also having to give up all the other things, that, all my things, activities that I enjoy doing, playing golf and playing tennis and um, just even going for walks sometimes. Right. So um, by the second year, I started, because I was also starting to take care of, of myself, I started to see this as I did the right thing, you know. Okay. It, it took a while. Yeah. And at, at that point, once you started to see like, no, this is, this is the right thing. I've, I'm doing what I need to do. Then what are the things that started to, uh, that you started to, what are the skills that you started using to move forward? Well, yeah, I think, um, the, the first thing was, um, just, uh, accepting acceptance of my, my new norm. I had to, I needed to accept that this is the way it is and um, it's not going to go away. So you better figure out a, a way of, of dealing with this. You know, I don't, I didn't want to bring my spouse down, you know, by being negative or, you know, staying in that kind of sad place. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, that was the first thing I did was just, okay, this is it. What are you going to do about it? Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, and of course, um, I think first and most importantly is having support of, of uh, family and friends. Uh, I I needed I needed confirmation from my from my spouse because well we were just newly together. It's only been four years that we were um, an item, right. and um, I was scared. I thought, you know, what if he decides that this is not what he bargained for? Right. Right. Yeah. But he was extremely supportive. Um, he, you know, he always said to me, we're going to get through this together. So that was a huge relief for me just to be able to go, okay, mm-hmm. I've got a partner here. He's going to help me. He's not going to run away. Right. And um, supportive friends. Uh, I've got friends who, if in the times where I was needed help with something, they would jump in in a heartbeat. If I was, couldn't go get my groceries, they'd go get my groceries for me. Or, you know, something as simple as helping me chop vegetables. Right. So uh, I think... Knowing that you yeah. had people to rely on. Yes, exactly. Um, I think remaining optimistic about uh, my future. I, it's easy to go down a path of being negative and, 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 and worrying. But you know what? It doesn't get you anywhere. Worrying about it's not going to help you. It just, it's just going to make it worse. So start to uh, try and have a positive outlook and, and uh, also take take some control if you can. Like not everybody's situation, they, they can control. But there were things, there are things that I can do to, to help myself by, by, you know, getting more informed about what the disease is. And... Um, there are foods that I can eat that will keep inflammation down. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't really look at that at, in the beginning, but, you know, with my kind of diff- change in frame of mind, 
I started to look at that and and start eating better for me. Yeah. So uh, I really feel that's an important skill is uh, if you have that ability to take control of, of some power. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Take some control back. Yeah. 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 You feel like stuff is getting taken away from you. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that's that's how it can feel, right? And um, so, uh, one thing that I do practice on a regular basis, if not daily basis, is I do like to take time to uh, kind of practice gratefulness because I think when you when you're dealing with um, any kind of chronic issue or illness, or it's really it kind of brings you more aware of the good things in life. Like you, you do, you just kind of appreciate listening to the birds and I know it kind of sounds corny, but it really, it, it's therapeutic for me. And I actually make sure that I breathe when I'm doing that. Like I think so many of us forget how to actually just stop and breathe mm-hmm. and um, it just kind of de-stresses you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I, 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 I like try and do that every day at some point, not, not for long, but just yeah. Take it all in. Just acknowledge yeah. the good things in life and put it into balance a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that, um, you know, everyone should practice. It's uh, it's an important way of staying optimistic and positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I would say keeping a sense of humor, if you can. Try and look at the lighter side. I mean, there's, there's always... Uh, something to smile about um, I can think of one incident where uh, my husband and I were on the on the beach and I was sitting on one of those those uh, chairs that are really low to the ground okay that's a challenge for me to even get on it but right, I did. yeah he helped me sit down and all of a sudden this huge spider crawled up onto the arm of the of the chair and of course I freaked out well the average person would just jump up and get out of the way, right? But not me. I can't can't do that. So I sort of just kind of rolled out of my seat onto the sand, <laughs> very awkwardly, screaming, flailing around. And uh, I'm wondering why Ron's not helping me. That he's sitting there laughing his head off. So I <laughs> I kind of visualized at the time what I must look like. And of course, I burst out laughing. And we've done that a lot. There's been a lot of situations where. I just, you just have to laugh. You just have to laugh. You know? Yeah. Laugh or cry. Yeah, might as well laugh. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it uh, just kind of helps you keep going. Right. <laughs> um, if you were to now go back to when you were, say, 45 years old, just before all of this happened, and give yourself a piece of advice to help you through it, what piece of advice might you give yourself? I would say just breathe, like just, just breathe and accept things as they are and try to remain positive, be optimistic. All right. Well, it sounds like good advice for everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that, uh, you know, someone, someone that's uh, dealing with uh, similar issues can take something from Mm-hmm. you know my experiences right well thank you so much for talking to me today um it's it is uh it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and talk about difficult things in your life and 
and I really appreciate that you are willing to do that with me. So thank you. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Thank you. When I went back and re-listened to the interview, I was really impressed with the amount of thought that Christine had put into the skills that she had used in order to be positive in her life and move on. The first one being acceptance. This wasn't something that she chose. She didn't expect her life to be this way. But until she accepted that this is the way her life was, she wasn't going to be able to move on. She had the support of her family and friends, recognized who her people were, and made sure that they were going to be there for her. And once she got that confirmation, it was a lot easier to recognize she wasn't in this on her own. She was going to have support. It was clear that Christine really thought about being optimistic, and she recognized that it was easy to go down the path of worrying, but that wasn't going to get her anywhere. And trying to have a positive outlook has really made a difference in her life. Taking control over the things that she had control over, she started off by educating herself on her situation so she would understand it better, and looking for the parts that she could control, like things that she could eat that would reduce inflammation. I'm sure there's lots of other things that she learned as well. She talked about making a practice of being grateful and recognizing the good things that she has in life, taking a breath and learning how to de-stress. And finally, she learned how to keep her sense of humor and to recognize that even though sometimes she was in pain or struggling or having difficulty, that she could still find humor in that and, and her and her husband could laugh about situations. Now that I've interviewed a few different people in different circumstances, I'm seeing some common themes. One of them is that having the support of family and friends is really important. Understanding who your team is and having trust in them that they're going to be there for you is huge. Some of the other common themes included remaining optimistic practice being grateful, and keeping a sense of humor. They keep coming up. I'm going to see in future interviews if they come up in those as well. Until then, this is Vicarious Resilience, and I'm your host, Danette Honish. Thanks for listening.